Hey, Hannah. Hey, Kate. What do you have to drink on this fine Sunday evening? I am enjoying a cozy decaf coffee with just a little bit of milk. Mm, that sounds so good. Decaf. Yes. To be clear. That, that is in the evening. Extra good. Sometimes I do like the caffeine in the evenings, but today, keeping it mellow. Decaf. Yeah, I got to get that good sleep. We're trying. We are trying. Trying to really incorporate this 1030 bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good goal. And I will be doing that with you tonight. Great habits. I love it. What about you, Kate? What are you enjoying tonight? I have got a vintage cola Olipop. Little mm. prebiotics for the evening for me. A classic Kate drink. Mm-hmm. So good. So delicious. All right. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Howdy, Howdy from, from Houston. Houston. I'm Kate. And I'm Hannah. And today we are talking about our favorite things that we learned from our most recent block, EndoRepro. So EndoRepro stands for endocrine and reproductive. So these systems in the body, endocrine, primarily deal with all of the hormones and reproductive, also a lot of hormones, but also male, female, reproductive systems, genitalia, everything that is included in that umbrella. Funnily enough, actually, Hannah and I both went with endocrine topics for this podcast because while we found the reproductive system fascinating, it would be a lot to unpack for this kind of podcast episode. We wanted to keep it straight to the point and there are some things within the reproductive system that we would love to unpack a little more than with this episode. Right. We're both really fascinated with that that system, so... A future episode, we'll really dive into it. But all that being said, the endocrine side of things was just as fascinating. We really enjoyed it. So we're not selling anybody short here. The endo stuff was great. Oh, yeah. Super cool. So, Kate, speaking of endo stuff, what was your favorite thing that you learned? Well, I thought learning about cortisol was really interesting. And I found this interesting because cortisol, the stress hormone, um... I can sometimes find myself getting very stressed over nothing, hello anxiety, and have changed a lot of things in and about my life over the past couple of years so that I do not feel nearly the kind of stress that I used to, hello meditation, and a whole host of other things. Also, just a quick disclaimer before I dive into all of this. Um, this podcast is intended to educate, not diagnose. If you think something might be wrong, definitely go see your doctor. They can help you out. So to get started with cortisol, it is a steroid hormone, which is made from cholesterol. And this is why good cholesterol is good for you. Cholesterol makes a lot of hormones and also makes up components to hold up like cellular structure. So it's very important. You want definitely want the good cholesterol. And an interesting fact about steroid hormones made from cholesterol is cholesterol is also used to make progesterone, aldosterone, and estrogen. So progesterone and estrogen are major hormones of the female reproductive system. And aldosterone regulates blood pressure. So cholesterol is used to make a lot of important hormones. And when your body is making so much cortisol, for example, when you are very stressed, it uses up all the cholesterol to make cortisol. 
And so it doesn't have enough to make those other hormones. So your hormones might be slightly out of balance, which means if you're chronically stressed, you might have slight hormonal imbalances. So especially for us ladies with those two reproductive hormones, progesterone and estrogen, always good to take preventative measures as best you can to stay not too stressed, which I think is starting to be maybe a reoccurring theme because I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast as well. Anyway, back to cortisol. It is secreted from the adrenal cortex, which is the outer layer of the adrenal gland. So your adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys, one on each side. And cortisol is what's called a glucocorticoid. So glucocorticoids mobilize energy reserves, suppress immune function, slow down wound healing, and increase blood pressure. So think about if you were going to run away from a tiger back in the day. You'd need all the energy you can get. You'd also probably want to use that energy to get away from the tiger rather than fight disease or heal wounds. So that's basically what this system was designed for. You're stressed, you need energy, run away from the tiger. You have no business fighting off bacteria. You have no business healing wounds. You just get away from the tiger. So when you think about that, a lot of the other processes kind of make sense. So physiologic effects of cortisol which is the primary glucocorticoid. And physiologic effects just means the effects of cortisol from the cortisol that you make in your body because you can also be given cortisol as a medication. So cortisol physiologic effects, it increases protein breakdown. So breaks down proteins for use. It increases your blood glucose and increases breakdown of fat so that fat stores can be used for energy. So as you can see, a little bit of cortisol is really good for you. If you think about like exercise, exercise raises your cortisol and breaks down fat so that you can use the fat for energy and increases your blood glucose a little bit and just like gets your energy stores going so that your body is like moving. It's a little bit stressed, but like this little bit of stress is really good. However, chronic overstimulation of cortisol is bad. So for example, it can cause insulin resistance since one of the physiologic effects of cortisol is to increase your blood glucose. If your blood glucose is always high, your body doesn't respond to insulin. And this is the precursor for type 2 diabetes. So something that is not good and can lead to a very real condition that requires medical treatment. So another way that you can have cortisol in your body, high cortisol, is exogenously. So this would be if you were given cortisol as a medication. So this is what would happen if you were prescribed a steroid from your doctor. I mentioned earlier that cortisol suppresses your immune system, which is really good if you're, for example, having an allergic reaction. So a lot of times glucocorticoids, aka steroids, are prescribed if you are actively having an allergic reaction to something, or they can be used in a lot of different cases, but this is a main one that they're used. These are very powerful medications, so just something to be used with caution. 
Absolutely. I really enjoyed learning about cortisol too, uh, mostly because of just the general culture of stress in America and I guess the world, but I, I feel like especially America where it is strongly encouraged to be really hardworking and to really push yourself and really challenge yourself and take on new things. And it's almost praised to be stressed. You know, people talk about stress in a way that's competitive. It's like, I only slept five hours last night. Oh, well, I only slept four, you know, and I was up all last night. Now I'm drinking eight cups of coffee. You know, people just like to compete with how stressed they are, it seems like. And I think having more understanding and more research done on how cortisol affects your body, not just long-term, but even some of these effects are short-term and are showing up right away. Just having that be more of a public understanding for the general health and wellness of Americans and globally, I think could make a huge difference on how we treat our bodies. Yeah, I agree. And with that, so steroid hormones act on nuclear receptors. So in the cell, your nu- the nucleus of the cell has DNA. So that's where all your DNA is. And it acts directly on the DNA to make certain proteins. So when you're stressed and your cortisol is high, you're going to make different proteins than when you're not stressed. And so if you kind of think about it at that level, you're changing, you're really changing your body chemistry when you're stressed, especially when you're chronically stressed. So it's really not something to be proud of to be stressed all the time. And I know I've definitely have been there in the past, like unhealthily. Yeah. Unhealthily like, Oh, I'm so stressed. Blah, 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 blah. Everything is crashing down on me. And I've definitely noticed a big difference in actively pursuing a life of not being stressed all the time Mm -hmm. and learning about the biochemistry of that. And like the teeny tiny, you know, receptors acting on the nucleus, like where that comes from, I just thought was so fascinating. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think understanding how you can use stress in a way that's helpful. So use stress in a way where it's just a little bit of stress to help push you and get a little bit, you know, energized and ready to go. But then finding a more chronic steady state without that level of stress. You can still be driven and still be successful and still be competitive without being chronically stressed. Yeah, for sure. And actually when I back in the day when I did pride myself on being very stressed, something that I really admired in certain people was their ability to be just like so casually not stressed and so successful. Like the professors that were just like, oh yeah, like, I mean, like I just, I mean, I did my PhD at Harvard, but like my (laughs) undergrad was a music degree and now I'm changing the world with RNA therapies. And I'm like, what? And he's just, he was, oh my gosh, this guy in undergrad, he was so casual about it. And he was like my favorite, one of my favorite professors in undergrad, because he was just like, yeah, it's totally chill. And I was like, whoa, you can be like that. Yeah. I think about people who are in professions that require you to not be stressed or require you to like have a level head, like a pilot, you know, you need to be calm, cool, collected as a pilot. And so just knowing how to practice those kinds of things day to day, when you get into those really stressful situations, you know how to stay calm or I mean, this might be more of a controversial thing, but 
a surgeon, you know, if you're going to be performing surgery, like you need to be low stress, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like being in the medical industry right now, it's easy to see um, people who are, you know, what seem like light years ahead of us in their careers and have no idea how we're supposed to get there without being chronically stressed <laughs> with school. You know, right now it just feels, it can feel really overwhelming, but I think this is the stage where that starts. So being a med student, you know, we like to talk about how you're in med- medical school to prepare you to become a doctor. And so you need to practice in medical school, how you want to be a doctor. And part of that is not being chronically stressed. So how can we as med students still be successful, still get good grades, still work really hard on what we are doing, get involved in research, get involved in extracurriculars, be on projects that we're passionate about without chronic stress? Yeah, I'm with you. Well, and that kind of goes for anything, like any career, any profession, because mm-hmm. do you, like we only have one life that we get to live and I would really prefer to enjoy it and enjoy every day and little moments. And of course, you know, every single moment might not be perfect, but like if the majority of them are, that'd be awesome. And a great way to do that is step one, reduce stress. (laughs) I'm all for it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So that is stress, cortisol, just really scratching the surface, but I thought it was very interesting. So that's me. Nice. What about you, Hannah? Well, sticking with the endocrine theme, I really enjoyed learning about the thyroid. This kind of goes back to what I feel like I say every time we wrap up an organ block. I always really enjoy learning about the things that tend to be more public knowledge, tend to be things that are common conditions or things that people have really heard of because that's how I feel. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just like anybody else in med school uh, or I'm just like anybody else, but just being in med school, I get the privilege of learning a little bit more about it. So I had heard of hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism, but you know, didn't really know too much about it. And so being in this endo block, uh, just was very interesting to really be able to put the science and the physiology behind these generic terms that I've heard thrown around for a really long time. So the thyroid, it's this butterfly shaped endocrine gland located on the lower part of your neck. You can actually feel it if you touch your lower neck and if you swallow, you can feel it slide up your neck and back down. So pretty cool little self-examination. This gland is responsible for releasing thyroid hormones, which makes sense. And these hormones play a huge role in regulating your metabolism and your growth. So in general, these thyroid hormones, also known as T3 and T4, increase your metabolic rate. That's kind of their general function. So what you'll see with that is you'll see increased heart rate, increased cardiac output, respiratory rate oxygen consumption, body temperature, your metabolism. It's pretty much responsible for turning on the engine that is your body. But how does it regulate it? And this is where the engineering part of my brain really enjoyed the course because this whole system, it's basically one big feedback loop, which makes a lot of sense for people who think very systematically and, you know, they have their little boxes and grids and that's how their brain works. So this system just meshed really well with how I like to think about things. And this feedback mechanism is known as the hypothalamic pituitary axis. So there are three pieces in this puzzle. 
starting with the hypothalamus. The name of the axis, the hypothalamic pituitary axis, that hypothalamic word is for hypothalamus. So the hypothalamus is a part of the brain that regulates a lot of hormonal pathways and autonomic functions to include regulating the thyroid. So in this particular system, it's responsible for releasing a hormone called TRH, which stands for thyrotropin releasing hormone. This is basically a hormone that wants the thyroid to do its thing. The hypothalamus is basically saying, more thyroid action, please. That's what it wants, more thyroid. And so this hormone leaves the hypothalamus and travels a really short distance in the body to the second piece of the puzzle, the pituitary gland. So that's the other part of the axis, the hypothalamic pituitary axis, pituitary. So the pituitary gland is an endocrine gland at the base of the brain, also heavily involved in regulating hormonal pathways. So the TRH hormone that we just talked about from the hypothalamus lands on the pituitary gland and tells the pituitary exactly what the hypothalamus wants to say, hey, we need more thyroid action. So the pituitary gland is like, all right, more thyroid, cool, let me do my thing. And it releases a hormone called TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. So this hormone leaves the pituitary gland and travels just a little bit further to the thyroid in the neck. So here, the TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, tells the thyroid, hey, we need more thyroid action. So the thyroid gland is like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll do my thing and releases thyroid hormone. And these are the hormones that are upregulating the metabolism that we talked about before. So these hormones go throughout the body, they do their thing, and they also go back to the very beginning of this whole axis, the hypothalamus, and basically just tell the hypothalamus, hey, we've got too much, hey, we don't have enough, or hey, we're doing just fine. And the hypothalamus will adjust the TRH that it releases, which will adjust the TSH, which the pituitary gland releases, which will adjust the T3 and the T4 that the thyroid releases. So it's this multi-step process, one big feedback loop. So with all of that, things hopefully are going smoothly and are running exactly as they should. But things can obviously go wrong as they do with the body, which is what we love to study about medicine. And of all these little steps, things can go wrong in between each of those pieces of the puzzle. So you can have something going on at your hypothalamus. You can have something going on at your pituitary. You could have something going on at your thyroid. You could have something going on at other tissues in your body that are reflecting weird changes with thyroid hormone. You can have all sorts of little problems at all these different steps within the system, disrupting the thyroid system. But one of the more obvious or two of the more obvious problems that you can have with thyroid with the thyroid is hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism, which just means hyper, too much, or hypo, too little. So since the thyroid, like we said before, is responsible for metabolism, if you had hypothyroidism, this would look like too little metabolism, metabolism down. So you'll have fatigue, slow heart rate, you'll see cold intolerance. Um, an interesting one is constipation. And this is because you know, low metabolism, low action. Think of your body as an engine. Your engine's not running as much. So you're going to have decreased gut motility as well. And that's going to cause constipation, which I just found really interesting. And another big one that I think a lot of people know as a symptom is weight gain. So that's a really common thing that you'll see um, if you're a physician, you know, evaluating a patient coming in, complaining of fatigue, heart rate, weight gain, maybe think hypothyroidism. On the other hand, you have hyperthyroidism. So this is going to be pretty much the opposite of all those symptoms. So your engine is running 
too much. It's too fast. It's too high. So you're going to have heat intolerance. You're going to have weight loss. You'll have the opposite of the constipation, which would be frequent bowel movements, increased gut motility. You'll have heart palpitations, the whole nine yards, just the opposite of hypothyroidism, which makes a lot of sense. But one condition in particular that I found super interesting with hyperthyroidism is called Graves' disease. So Graves' disease is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism, and it is an autoimmune condition. So what that means is you are producing these antibodies, and we've talked about autoimmune before, but basically something that kind of acts on yourself in a way that it's not supposed to. So you're producing these antibodies, these autoantibodies, that mimic the action of TSH. Now, we talked about TSH before. That's thyroid stimulating hormones. That's what's released from the pituitary gland and acts on the thyroid to say, hey, thyroid, make more thyroid hormone. So you basically make these antibodies that are pretending to be TSH and telling your thyroid, make more thyroid hormone. So your thyroid's like, okay, TSH, you got it, without realizing that that's not actually TSH. So you have a lot of extra thyroid hormone hanging out in the body. So you'll see a lot of those same symptoms that we talked about with hyperthyroidism. You'll see the heat intolerance, the weight loss, increased gut motility, palpitations, all of that. And one particular symptom that I found super interesting about Graves' disease is called Graves' ophthalmopathy, which basically just means bulging eyes. So in hyperthyroidism, you will see wide eyes or a wide gaze as as is described in some of our you know textbooks and handouts that talk about the symptoms um, but that is more about having a really open stare like your eyelids are really open but in graves ophthalmopathy you'll see bulging eyeballs which this is because that auto antibody that we talked about that's mimicking tsh it also acts on your orbital tissue. So it causes your eyes to essentially swell and expand and get bigger, causing you to have these bulging eyes. So it's not just that your eyelids are open a little bit bigger, which you can see in a, in general hyperthyroidism, in general just having more T3, T4, but you'll see these bigger eyeballs in graves because of those autoantibodies from TSH. Fascinating. Super cool stuff. Actually, it is really cool. And if you look up a photo of Graves' disease eyes, you can see exactly what Hannah's talking about. And you'll be like, wow. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. That is wild. <laughs> but overall, you know, I just, I really loved learning about how this system worked and how to diagnose conditions and all of it. Um, it's all just, you know, a big puzzle. You either start with the problem and you can see what the outcome would be with the patient, or you can go the reverse direction. You start with the outcome of the patient and you can work your way backwards to see uh, what the problem is in the system. And that I'm, I think really encompasses just what I love learning in medicine in general is just the problem solving aspect of all of it. So overall endocrine was a really fun system for me because that's like that's all it is. It's just a bunch of puzzles. <laughs> yeah. I also love that about medicine. I love solving problems and mm -hmm. puzzles too. Yeah. I think that's the engineer in both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was super interesting to learn about these hormones and the other hormones and solve puzzles while also learning medicine. That's endo repro for you. Hormones and puzzles. <laughs> hormones and puzzles. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's all we had for you today. We really enjoyed our review of Endo and putting this episode together. And so we would love to hear from you. If you have any 
thoughts about hormones that you want to share or thoughts about life. Maybe you are also working on lowering your stress levels. And if you would like to reach out, you can email us at howdyfromhoustonpodcast at gmail.com. The email will be in the show notes. And we will catch you on the next episode. See you guys.